Hello and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. Movie reviews. That's our jam. That's like... <laughs> that's our new tagline. Blueberry. Like that's, that's our jam. It's the jam to my peanut butter. Yes. It is. Yes. And I, I do love a PBJ. I'm Who not going to lie. You know, if, I, I know they serve stuff like that in the restaurants, but... It's not the same. A PBJ is meant to be made in your own kitchen. It's kind of like cereal in some fashion. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever went to a restaurant and just been like, guys, can you can you whip me up a thing of Honey Nut Cheerios? Oh, that'd be back great. there. Can you pour some milk on that for me? Like, I don't know why peanut butter and jelly and cereal are inherently house food versus restaurant food, right? But I can go, I can go and get a sandwich. And nothing seems weird about that if I go to a restaurant. let's be honest. The sandwiches that you eat at home, are they as complex as what you would order at Subway? Well, they are, but it's more out of a necessity of this is what's in the fridge versus like, ah, yes, I need some... uh, Will you chop those green peppers? Oh, finer, finer. Chop them finer for me. And then just light, light. Like, I don't have... That amount of fresh things sitting at my disposal. A lot of times it's like, like a bread and butter pickles, and that looks like mustard. Um, I can't buy bread some, and butter pickles because Jim says, may- you know I won't eat those. It's like, because you're the only one here. They're, they're fantastic. I will I eat them. a jar. Like, you I- know what's good? When I was pregnant, I had um, cheese and turkey and mustard and bread and butter pickles and Thousand Island dressing sandwich every morning, 4 a.m. I think some part of me must be pregnant because that sounds... It's delicious. And it, this has been like going on for like 40 years. Like, I don't know what part of that gene, but like pregnant women will tell me what food they want to eat. And I'm just like, there is no, there's nothing unreasonable about no. what you just said. Why, why don't we go make that sandwich now? <laughs> I would love to make that's, it right that's now. A, that's a great idea. I don't even know what to call it. I just know when I told the coworker what it was, uh, he was disgusted. It's like, this is, it's not like I'm drinking pickle juice like the weirdo friends I have. That would be, that would be strange. I know. And now they, pickle pops are a thing. Anyway, maybe we should review a movie. We could. I guess. But still, when I make a sandwich at home, it's like, oh, I can't even get out mustard and mayonnaise. Just one. You get one. And I wonder why that is. I should care more, shouldn't I? Well, I think it's because you're the one that is doing yes. all of the work. It's it's like, I don't usually make a five-course meal. If anything, I'm just like, okay, well, I'll heat up that, and then I'll do that. Like, I don't put, like, you know, a sprig of parsley, like, mm-hmm. on my plate when I'm cooking. For me, if anything, I'm just like, I'll heat that up. I'm going to have some white rice, and uh, do I have soy sauce? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. There, there we go. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because I think you know that you either have to put it up, you have to clean it, you have to put it in the tree. You have to deal with this all after it, and you you kind of want to balance the the re, the relaxing nature of being at the house with the fact that you're an adult and you have to feed yourself. And did you notice that now that you are an adult, you will now eat all the leftovers? I remember looking at my mom eating leftovers, thinking it's got to be something better to eat. And look, we had that for dinner two nights ago, and she's having it for lunch. And my, I'm just like, I wish we would have gone out. I, I'm, I'm looking at it, just going, well, I'm not letting that go to waste. Exactly. And it's like, you're going to eat this. I am going to prepare this five different ways to get you to eat it because I don't want to throw it out. It's like it just it changes the prism by which you mm-hmm. 
you you visualize things. My, my children love yogurts, but specific kinds. And so I said multiple times in the thousands, when you come home from school, unpack your lunchbox. I still say box. It's not a box. Put the little freezy thing in the freezer. And if you didn't eat your yogurt, put it in the fridge because it will still be edible. If you don't. They don't do this on a regular basis. And it's and just so what I do is 50, I go into their 60 rooms. Cents lost no, I, I hold it up and I go, a dollar, boom, boom, into the trash. Yeah. A dollar eighty, boom. Well, I guess when you're not the one that's actually, you know, paying for it, it matters not a lot less. I guess. Anyway, us is a family story. It's a family story, but I definitely would not call it family friendly. Uh, is first of all, is it worth the hype? Um, I don't know that it was necessarily um worth the what was it a seventy, 70 million? million dollar open? Um, that that number is still tremendous, especially considering that I think it had like a twenty million dollar mm-hmm. like it was a preposterously low amount of money to spend on a movie that could generate three times its budget and then some in its opening weekend. And are there any names in it? Basically, what Jordan Peele seems to be doing is taking the cast of Black Panther and putting them in horrific, dangerous, ah. um, and all just altogether unpleasant situations. Okay. Um, like the... Uh, I think you've had three or four cast main cast members from Black Panther uh, between uh, what is it? Get out! I mm-hmm. think is the Get out and us. Like he, he's just. I think he's just got a checklist, and he's just like, okay, I'll get them next. All right, I'll get them next. Like he, he probably got to Sebastian Stan, and he's just like, wait, huh? The Winter Soldier? Well, I can't put him in this movie. What, what's that about? That's strange. So, this is all I know about it. A family finds out that they have doppelgangers, and the doppelgangers aren't nice. That's, I, I will t- going into the movie, that's about what the previews tell you. Mm-hmm. A lot of what this film thrives on is the fact that you don't necessarily, uh, you're, you're getting information, like, it, it's just at this very slow trickle. Like, you know, whenever you put... Uh, you're, it's it's going to be like 21 degrees outside, so you you make sure that like your water is mm-hmm. is running enough that your pipes don't freeze. That's how they're giving you the information. Mm. Things are happening, but you don't understand why they're happening, and you're just sitting there going, "If I was in this situation, this would be terrible." I th- this is it's not a horror movie in the sense that like uh, Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. like the 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 Friday the Thirteenth films were horror movies, or the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were horror movies. It. It's just a, like I said, it's this slow trickle of information, and it seems like he's just putting them in these awful situations that would just, like, horrify you. But like I said, it's not in a, when I say horrify, I don't mean it in, this is a horror movie. It's Mm not. It's not a slasher movie. Yeah, there's not a serial killer stalking these people, and you're sitting there going, well, what would I do if a doppelganger of my family showed up? Only one of them would speak, and the rest are speaking in grunts, and they're trying to, like, burn what? or stab or... So I'm sensing there's an element to this that reminds you of early Shyamalan, in that you know very little, and what you know is not necessarily going to help you understand it until you see it. And it, it's... The, the 
plus about Jordan Peele is that he doesn't seem to be sitting on the twist ending. Mm -hmm. Like it is the information is given to you, but it's not he hasn't led you down one path only to reveal that you've been on another path the entire time. Okay, And the fact that you they they have heavily advertised that the new Twilight Zone is from Jordan Peele like Mm -hmm. us. It is a feature film. Like, it feels like a feature but film. But it's a Twilight Zone episode. But, I mean, honestly, if you did a two-parter and, like, gave that thing a really healthy mm-hmm. budget, this could be a Twilight. Like, it it very much makes sense that they would hand that man the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of, like, those classic Twilight, or, I mean, honestly, about every decade has had its own Twilight Zone. Right. Um, the, the UPN, the CBS one, the original, like black and white, like there, there, uh, you had the film like in the 19, I actually think you had the film and a reboot of the series in the eighties. So, I mean, there's just, there's a wealth of twilight, like the only other television property that I can think of that has become this prolific and like multi-generational, um, and has also featured its own set of feature film, or a, well, I guess a feature film. It's probably Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, I concur. And like I said, Jordan Peele, re- and th- this guy, if you were uh, aware of him on uh, Comedy Central, he had a sketch comedy show, uh, very much in the vein of Dave Chappelle's uh, Chappelle show with uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, what's he, Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, really would not have predicted this trajectory for his career, especially after, like, if he would have done, like, a couple of comedies. Right. It's, this right is like finding it. out that Luke Costello is a directing genius. I admit, I just didn't know a lot about them, except I thought Key and Peele were funny. And, like, these, the films are, not, they're not humorless, but, like, they are not, they're not comedies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're kind of psychological. Like some of them are are thrillers. They have elements of like science fiction and horror in them. I'm just saying, if you would have told me that the guy on Key and Peele would end up having this kind of career, I I, I really would have had a hard Much time doing like that poll. If you could have predicted the the Mickey Mouse Club that had Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears, they would become the it. yeah. It's like Justin Timberlake's going to what? That come from? He's going to. He's going to act and do a good job. And yeah, crazy. So, um, oh, I had a question. It was so, so, oh, it was going to be the best question ever. I will say that I'm going to have to withhold a lot of I the know, information. I like know. the the enjoyment of this film almost dictates that you know little about it going into the movie. So, so the family is at their house. The doppelgangers come to them. What, what it, I, I'm not going to ruin anything with this, but like you see um, this four people silhouetted mm-hmm. and they're just hanging out outside their house. The dad's like, what is what is that about? Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, baby, I got this. I'm going to go take care of this. Hey, guys, I'm going to ask you all nice right now. Y'all need to get off my property. I'm going to have to do something about it. And like they just sit there silently. Like they, they don't move. Okay, they don't react. Creepy. They don't nod. And he, he just goes, okay. Goes back in and gets a baseball bat. And he's like, <laughs> all right. All right. 
I ask y'all not. Is, is Will Smith in this? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just... No, I'm t- now Now I want to see Jordan <laughs> yeah. Peele working with Will Smith. Because I'm hearing a little Will Smith here. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's doing kind of that, acting a little Brody like that. Uh-huh. that Will Smith, like, via, via Bad Boys. Bad Boys, too. Like, I... I oh, hell no, you're not going to be I'm on trying to yard. remember if at some point he does say... Give a, oh, hell no. <laughs> well, I really do need to see Will Smith work with Jordan Peele now. That, yeah, that That's I'm an sure. intriguing... I'm sure it will happen. Um, but like, they, they're so just, they're returning to their home, and and people are sitting there. And they're well, they're, they're, outside, they're yeah. inside their house, and they're, oh, oh. they're just... Yeah. There's this silhouetted okay, group. It. Like, say there's a... There's a... Like a... a, a not a lamppost. This isn't Narnia. Like, what, what do you call this? The, run from the power lines? What is that? Just a... Run from the power lines. The, the the lights that hang down from the power lines. What are those called? It's not a lamppost, is it? Uh, it's street light. Street light. There we go. You <laughs> just got the lights. On the like I said, they're just they're silhouetted and they can't see them. And then after he's went out there and just been like, all right, I'm gonna have to deal with y'all. Then you just hear yeah, and then they 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 just quickly separate, and you're just like, what? Did you get at that point? Does he realize it's? Whatever that looks like his family. He's st- no, like I said, they're kept in shrouded okay. in darkness. All you can see is that it's four individuals of varying height, mm-hmm. but like you can't, you can't make out facial features. Like you can't see any of that. So like you're, you have seen the preview, so you know that like there are some kind of like doppelgangers or doubles or clones. There's something. There's mm-hmm. something going on, and these people look like those people, but they don't know that yet. And as a as an audience member, you maybe are not certain that this is those people. Now. But at that point, he's just kind of like, "Okay, hey baby, call the cops. <laughs> call them. They're, what? They're 14 minutes. What? Lock the door. Lock it." So, um, I I know you can't ruin it, but just tell me that by the time the movie ends, it's not. The people represented this, and they weren't really there, and the family was all figments. It's not. It's not like a dream. Okay. Like it's not from. Because that would bug me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, honestly, that's. I think it's a lazy writing cliche. It like, is. if you cannot provide a better ending to that, like you, you need to tell a different story. But it, <laughs> I. I did not necessarily see because I I didn't. You don't know if they're supernatural. Right. Like you don't know if it's science. Like you don't know if this is an alternate. Dem- like you, they're the way it is presented to you and the way it unfolds. Like it, it could be any of those things, and you start realizing because these weird, fantastic things are happening. You're just sitting there going, "Well, like if 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 I'm watching, uh, we we mentioned Star Trek before. Chances what? are, wait a minute." Chances are huh. it's going to be a science yes. excla- uh, explanation. I find it hard to believe that we would have brought up Star Trek. If if I'm watching The Hobbit, chances are it's elven magic mm-hmm. it, or, or some kind of magic or there's a wizard or mm-hmm. I'm just like within contextually within those shows, you can kind of eliminate certain things like there's not going to be a dragon that shows up to defeat the enterprise in an episode of star trek but i would watch that i'm, I'm, I'm not saying i ain't down <laughs> i'm saying but like statistically you, I, I think the romulans would have one. Oh, I'm, I'm not even talking about like a a ship that looks like i mean and i'm, I'm talking about like how to train your dragon he just he just shows up right there and just be like is that toothless like what Really did not. Okay, now now I'm now I'm intrigued. I'm confused. 
so film point of view wise they're the same actors who play themselves as doppelgangers i am assuming. yes you're getting the the cast is doing yeah they're uh, doing double, double duty. duty yeah <laughs> duty so are are there a lot of scenes where it is obvious to you that you know standing here green screen there this is not um 1960s like Patty definitely definitely shooting them from behind to the point that you can't see the person's face like and you've got somebody that's a there there are enough film tricks and editing within this that like honestly it it didn't occur to me that that's all oh, that that can't be that like i was engrossed mm-hmm. enough in the story that i didn't start trying to pick apart okay well that i know he doesn't have a twin and i know that he's both people in like it never got to that point where I st- like when I watched Transformers Revenge of the Fallen when they were in I, the desert. I don't even remember what part like I started like just asking questions in my head about the movie just being like, well, if that like if I ever get bored enough in your film that I start picking it apart. And I'm not talking about like the 37th viewing where I'm just like, I noticed an hour into it Mm -hmm. that they stated this in the first five minutes, but then like if I'm doing that on my first viewing in the theater, like your film is intrinsically broken. Yes. And at no point did this film start making me think that I needed to question logic or, Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's definitely not in, that can't be the same. Like, I, I didn't have that breakdown or that separation that I started doing that in the theater. So, you would say it fulfilled its job as a thriller and was unexpected in its storytelling? Yeah. Jo- Jordan Peele, uh, a, a very funny man, um, is also a very gifted storyteller. You're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested from Hints and Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen with Adam Cravens. And I don't even mean that in a like a, a, any kind of derogatory way. I mean, like we had stated before, I just I didn't realize he was this kind of storyteller. Correct. Like, OK, the, the first time somebody met saw like Hugh Jackman in X-Men, like he's he's this like just muscled up dude. He's got claw fingers like, oh, man, that guy's just B.A. all the way. If I would have told you that guy can dance and sing like nobody's business, you'd be like <laughs> Wolverine yeah. like is a song and dance. But like if I would have showed I, I like when if somebody watches like The Greatest Showman. And they're not aware of, like, Hugh Jackman's background before he came to, like, X-Men or mm-hmm. any of those movies. You you don't – that role does not immediately lend itself to be just be like, well, that guy definitely knows how to sing and dance. That's not, that's not meaning anything toward Hugh Jackman. One just does not seem to link to the other. Jordan Peele is hysterical. Yeah. I didn't realize he was, a, like, this really kind of interesting – twilight zone-esque storyteller mm-hmm. and the two films that he's he's released after his television career are, are just it's not something you would immediately like if i if if i found out like an assassin was also just a fantastic cake maker <laughs> i'd just be like well i mean he didn't he, expect that i'm just telling you like he'll he'll murder anybody that you want and like you will not be able to trace it back to him and let me tell you his devil's food cake is to die for i couldn't believe it <laughs> I, I mean no no don't kill me don't kill me that's not what i meant no just um 
Oh, crap. You know, getting enough sleep helps one form complete sentences. That's a true uh, true statement, yes. So, I'm sure I'll get back to it because, it, again, it was, it, was, it was going to be really interesting. And it's just... There it went. Out there. But it was about Jordan Peele doing something. I don't know. He does stuff, uh, yeah. Yeah, he does do a lot of stuff. Oh, actually, no, it was about Hugh Jackman. As you know, the the greatest showman was it wasn't a reimagining of the real story, but it was it was it meant was to be heavily heavily edited and it was meant to be an entertaining musical that just not necessarily like a a, a accurate representation. Correct. It it was the Broadway musical version of these events and there is that. Now, apparently, because that movie made a gajillion dollars. I think that's, yeah, yeah that's the exact are, number, yeah. They are uh, making a sequel, so. Just. About how circuses no longer exist? <laughs> like. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Hugh Jackman, he, uh, he, if you want a sequel to be successful, it's good to have him in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it. I mean, honestly, if you're gonna if you're going to sequelize something or serialize it or like turn it into a franchise, you can do really no better than putting Hugh Jackman or Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. in your film. Like those those guys, they people like them. Yeah, they're dare I say charismatic. You, dare you? So there is that. I'm going to guess that us. When it's over, it's over. This is not a franchise type of film. This does not it's strike me as something that there's like again uh, referencing some of like the the horror films from like the eighties and nineties where you're getting like you know Nightmare on Elm Street seven or whatever. I don't think us is going to like have a twelve part you know box set that mm-hmm. comes down the road. Like maybe Peel feels a lot more like Scorsese. He has a story to tell you. Like. It doesn't necessarily happen in like three different parts over the course of 10 years. It's not a saga. He wants to tell you a story. It begins at the beginning of the movie and it ends when the credits That's start That's what rolling. I was going to ask. Did he write this or was he one of the writers? He uh, he wrote, directed, and produced it. Ah. Like uh, he, he very much he, seems he, to... George Lucas did. I don't want to use that verb on George... <laughs> like... <laughs> I I love Star Wars, but I, I, I don't I don't know that George Lucas should necessarily be writing or directing anything per, as a producer. Like Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, like <laughs> these these films helped shape my childhood. When when he stepped back in the director's chair, and I no longer had these rose tinted glasses of nostalgia, and I I when I watch Attack of the Clones, and I'm just sitting there going. Oh, this is bad. Like I didn't have the the ability to have it going. Oh well, I saw it when I was six, and it just it it impacted me in such a way. I'm 22. Like when I watch Attack of the Clones, and I'm like, I like I'm trying I'm trying to find good things about it. Like, but I knew in my heart of hearts that the film was not a good film. Like Jordan Peele. If this helps. Okay. A, a good friend of mine once had reason to spend a few weeks at the compound that um, Skywalker compound. And apparently I think it's ranch is what it's called. Skywalker ranch. Whatever. Apparently, uh, Mr. Lucas 
not that personable. So if that helps, feel free to rip into. I'm not. The I, l- listen, I I didn't. I've never sold Disney anything for any amount of money, much less four Yet. billion dollars. I I'm not detracting from the the legacy that this man obviously. Mm-hmm. Like when I die, like. After after my family passes after that, probably not a whole lot of people going to be mentioning my name. George Lucas is going to have his own wing, like in the Disney Museum. Oh yeah, I, sure. I'm just saying, like I, that, that's not what I'm comparing. I'm just saying, like as a filmmaker, I think he stopped somewhere around 1977 or American Graffiti. <laughs> as as an entrepreneur, like as a, a producer, like that just strengthened this IP over the course of 20, 30 years, like that that guy and his kids and his kids and his kids' kids, like they're never going to have to work again. Like I'm not telling you that the man is not successful. Correct. I'm just saying as a writer and a director, there are more talented individuals of which I would I would even venture to say Jordan Peele is a better writer and director than George Lucas is. Mm-hmm. He's not more wealthy than George no. Lucas is, but he might be a little bit better at that particular craft. Interesting. All and right. I, and I and I say this as a like a, a tremendous Star Wars fan. And you say that if George Lucas should call or Adam Sandler, we will gladly be in. Oh anything. yeah, I'll oh. be in a movie you're directing or write. I'll oh, help yeah. you write it if yeah. you want. Like or or I won't touch it, and I will speak it as you have typed it. Mm-hmm. So, um, is this PG thirteen or R? I I want to say it's R, but like. Most of that is for like a little bit of language, and when um, when stuff does hit the fan, like it does get a little gory. Like they're not they don't solve their problems by talking about it and being diplomatic about it. So uh, on a Tarantino scale, it's no, it's no. not. It's not quite to the Tarantino level. Like all right, they didn't have to bring in like. The oil drums of blood for this one. <laughs> at, at best, maybe maybe a, a, one of the larger super soakers of blood. Okay, like it's a, there's not there's not no blood, but like it, it's not Kill Bill Volume Two either. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so us go and see it. Not so great for the kids, and I'm guessing even though my kids are uh, a bit on the mature side, I know for me. Watching a movie where it seems real. I mean, watching a fantasy movie, everyone's heads could get chopped off. I don't care. It's a fantasy movie. But if it seems real, I think that would make it scarier. Silence of the Lambs is plausible. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring is a lot less plausible. Yes. So this is more silency in that. It's parts of it are very silency. And it's it's a film that can make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. Like just in that. Oh, I don't. What would I do in that situation? Oh, oh. Oh. Oh, what's going on? Okay, got it. And next, because they appear to bookend each other, you'll be seeing Dumbo.
Yes. <laughs> I almost saw them both in the same weekend, but I was just like, I need to, I need to separate and marinate a little on, on us. Like, and next weekend, it will be Dumbo against Shazam, even though you saw Shazam in the preview time. Am I correct? Well, if, if Disney would have let me preview Dumbo, I, I could have done that. But, they right, but they're both released the same weekend? I think it, April 6th. I believe. I is, believe you. That sounds right. Okay. If not, it's a it's a plausible scenario. Mm-hmm. All right. And going into Dumbo, your thoughts? Are you? I, I'm going to be the my interest in this film. Like I, I was not a diehard Dumbo fan. Like mm-hmm. as a child, um, the biggest point of interest for me in this, and this shouldn't surprise anybody that's talked to me longer than five minutes. <laughs> Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito. And Tim Burton are reuniting for the first time since 1992. Like, was Michelle Pfeiffer not? That's available? what I want to. Like, if they did not take this opportunity to give Michelle Pfeiffer literally any role, who has worked with Tim Burton since Batman Returns, I'm saying, like, let her be a reporter, let her do anything. Why can we not have a little Batman Returns? reunion that that's a the the fact that i'm getting michael keaton and danny devito in a movie together that tim burton has directed already excites me i'm i'm less excited about dumbo i'm not the demographic they made this for Mm -hmm. but that that in and of itself intrigues me enough to go and i think danny elfman also did the soundtrack to this. I'm, I can only assume that Helena Bonham Carter is in here somewhere. I think it's and written, Johnny Depp. It's written into his contract that he he has approval of them immediately should a role uh, present itself. Mm-hmm. And is this is it a musical version? Um, I, I think it has musical elements, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's like. In the same way that The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast are musicals. And is it a racist version? I really, really hope that Disney decided that that was part of the movie that needed to be left behind. (laughs) They seem to understand how to strengthen the life of an IP or a franchise. Like... If they're going to bring Mary Poppins returns like into it, I, the, the fact that they they let one of the characters who's supposed to be British spend more than twenty minutes mm-hmm. tells me that they, they understand a little bit better intrinsically like what they should be doing. And I can't imagine that's what they're like. Listen, guys, we rewatch Dumbo and we think we understand what the audience wants. <laughs> racism and they're they're like you mean like they're against it and working and they're like no 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 racism and they're like whoa okay you're not producing this movie anymore that's that's not it the, the elephant that that's the part we what part of beloved childhood okay let's just well we're going to take another meeting okay thank you, know, you. Uh, and the reason i laugh so much at the racism in dumbo is it, not that racism is funny but because it's not. It's just the fact that that was acceptable. It was okay to put at that the, in a movie. At the point that that film came just out. Just ridiculous. That was a social, like, it's yeah. it's so preposterous right. and hyperbolic at this point that to assume that a studio that, that is tremendously mm-hmm. successful now would just be like, yes, release that in theaters. Make sure <laughs> to put our name That's on right. it. Like, I just big as big as can be. Say, Walt Disney Pictures. This is going to be one of our animated classics, okay? Make sure to stamp it right on there. Like, we want everyone to know that we 
are a part of this movie. Like Exactly. And <laughs> no. So <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> but I, I do remember seeing it as a child. I I didn't know any better. I just thought the birds were funny. I did not equate them to any person or group of people. I just thought they were funny. The seven-year-old that watched Phantom Menace and, right. and listened to Jar right. Jar Binks, I don't think they immediately attuned to that and just been like, what are these Gungans about? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, you, I, I don't think you see that, that you know, that, that's not how you're visually perceiving it or, or auditorially hearing it. But as an adult, we, we have more experience, yes. we have a better understanding, and you can sit there and look at it and just be like... I see a parallel being drawn, and this parallel makes me uncomfortable. Yes, yes. So there you have it. And again, Adam and I completely against racism. It's just funny that think, Disney put that in a movie, and it was okay. And it, they continue to re-release it, and they recently re- remade like <laughs> okay. the film. Walt, you know, oh. Walt Disney's Dumbo. You know what would be funny? Is if there'd be an added on scene at the end of this Dumbo coming out, and it's it's the crows sitting around uh, talking like eating shawarma, like the Avengers, saying how just, why aren't they in the movie? Everything just, everything needs and, to be marvelized. And, and they're speaking with British accents. That would be even better. Yes, <laughs> I just <laughs> but, for no reason. But then somebody would be like, "Why did you recast them in a different like?" I know. I that's know. what I mean. I that's know, what would happen. I know. But still, now I can just picture them sitting around eating shawarma, and that's. Well, okay. Jordan Jordan Peele yes. had mentioned that uh, he wants to keep his casts ethnic, mm-hmm. and there were just some Caucasian actors that were up in arms about this. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, they were saying that it it was racist of him not to want to cast, and I'm just like, oh wow, guys, we're you're you're so confused about like this mm-hmm. this situation. Like, I I just it, it seemed when when people when people are saying I want to see like me represented mm-hmm. on the film, and like they go and tell them they're like, then you make those movies, go make the movies, and use the people that right. you want to see in those films, like. Well, like when when Steven Spielberg, like you know, wanted to do this, or you you saw, like they they he did cast Half Pint. Oh, that's 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 another that's another podcast altogether. But the point I'm making is like we want a stand-in for us, and everybody wants to see themselves represented in film. And I think Jordan Peele definitely tapped into an audience that was thirsting to see themselves represented Mm -hmm. on film. $70 million opening, like, I'm just saying, obviously, there was a desire for this. Jordan Peele saw, like, a a group not represented properly Mm -hmm. in film. Like, and it's one that obviously studios have not tapped into properly. Black Panther Mm -hmm. did huge business like Jordan Peele's us did tremendous business especially when compared to the budget that it was produced for and the fact that these people are now complaining oh well what about me why can I not and I'm just like since the inception of the motion picture you have gotten to have Mm -hmm. all of the lead role like this guy that is finally producing films and putting Putting the his stand in 
that he wants to see or like a group he didn't feel was represented. You have a problem with that now because it's not you like you. You do not understand like what is going on here. You need to sit down like <laughs> you're going to embarrass yourself and all of us. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward to seeing it. This just looks like it'll be a really good thriller and it's just... it is an interesting film it's written in a way that is not cliche and it it keeps you i will definitely say it as a compliment i i've watched i don't know how many films over the course of my life very little surprises confuses or does not me have me immediately go it's that guy right there in five four three two one jump scare and boot like i, I mean that's it, I'm not saying that I don't enjoy watching movies, but it's not the experience I had when I was a kid where everything just wowed. Like, I've seen so much of it now that it's hard for me to be to be surprised at a a particular like storytelling trope or anything like that. So when I actually get to see a movie that I don't know what's going to happen next, Mm -hmm. it's exciting. Yeah, that is awesome. And this movie does not. Just do whatever has had come before it. Like, I'm not saying that it reinvents the wheel, but it definitely does it in a way that you don't instantly go, oh, that's where it's going. Mm. That's that's definitely where it's going. Okay, excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing that. And thank you so much for listening. See, we actually do eventually review a movie. And we did. We reviewed it We really did. We just laid yeah. into it. Boom. Thank you for listening. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens.